morning, everybody. Man, uh, uh, thank you to the worship team. I feel like every week we are extremely blessed by, uh, by what we get to experience through, uh, through worship, through song. And uh, there are weeks where I feel like, hey, that last one was good enough for me. I can walk out the door. I'm good to go. Um, I was having one of those moments right there, and then I remembered I was speaking today. And so it's like, all right, I got to follow that now. But so, hey, I'm, I may not be a familiar face. You might recognize me because sometimes I get up here and I strum the guitar and I'll sing some worship songs as well with the worship team. My name is Nick Tracy, and uh, Alex uh, asked me to speak today because I'm, I'm in ministry here in Chatham County as well, and your church has partnered with this ministry called Young Life. So I'm on Young Life teacher staff, and which means that I'm a full-time teacher and Really exciting news to share with you all. I just got a job at Pittsburgh Elementary School as the new PE teacher. I am fired up. Uh, I've, my wife made fun of me because I, I got some shoes recently that had zippers on them. And she was like, that's, that's like what middle schoolers wear. Well, I've been in middle school the last 11 years. So I thought they were pretty fitting for me. Uh, but so I'm, I'm moving down to work with the little folks over there at Pittsburgh Elementary School, fired up because this might be the first time in my teaching career the folks coming through the door are more excited about what's happening in that classroom than I am. Uh, so that's really cool. But so back to the Young Life thing, if you're, if you're not familiar with Young Life, uh, so I'm kind of in charge of Young Life at Northwood High School and now at Seaforth High School that just uh, got built. And I should also add, my wife uh, is also a teacher. She taught at Northwood High School and she is now a math teacher over at Seaforth High School. Um, and we are, we're so excited to be here doing this ministry of Young Life. So Young Life is a ministry in this area currently to high school kids, but we have ministries to middle school kids and to uh, teenage moms and to kids at military bases. And th- this is a ministry to youth all over the world, but predominantly here in the United States. And the way that it kind of works is we're, we follow the uh, example of Christ, and uh, we have some things that we put on that, that young people can come to, that we invite them to come to, but mostly we try to go to where they are. Our founder, Jim Rayburn, was, was challenged one day by, by his pastor and said, hey, there's a ton of kids that we're not reaching, that we're not sharing Christ with, and I want you to start going to them. And so he went to high schools and he, he prayed and he got people praying with him and, and from this one challenge, this organization, this ministry has grown into this international ministry uh, for young people to know Christ because of young life leaders who live life next to them. And so if you were to follow a young life leader in this area, our leaders uh, come from UNC and from Duke. And so I have a team of folks, of college students that I work with. What it might look like is going to a football game on a Friday night or grabbing coffee or grabbing Bojangles across from the high school. Um, my man Seth is here. He's a baseball player at Northwood High School. We went to many a baseball games. It got rowdy there, had a lot of fun cheering those guys on. Uh, and then it also, on Monday nights during the school year, we have this thing called Young Life Club. Uh, and I get up on stage and I play my best Taylor Swift songs that I know, and we put on funny skits. And then at the at the very end of the night, we uh, a young life leader will get up and they'll share something about Jesus from Scripture, um, and try to connect it to the folks that are in the room. 
And then on Thursday nights, we have, we have a, what's called campaigners, and that's a Bible study for anybody. Whether you know how to spell God or not is how my mentor taught me. And, and what he meant by that is some people spell God with a little g, and some people spell God with a capital G, because they are the, he is the God of their life. So it's a Bible study for, for anybody, and, and we've had a blast being a part of this ministry here now for, uh, since we moved into Briar Chapel about five, just over five years ago. Uh, and just a kind of side note to what I just said. So we were the third house down from Woods Charter School where we used to meet. So the only groan that you heard from the crowd about, we're getting a new building down, Andrew, it was me. Because we would walk to church every day. Uh, you may have had your foot run over by one of my children because they would ride their little bicycles down to church. Um, so no, we're excited that there's a new building here too. But that's just a, that's just a little bit about me. Um, and, uh, and just a little bit more about Young Life. We also have the summer camps all over the country that we take kids to. And so I, I did not get to go this year, uh, but you can see that there's some high school guys there. That represents Northwood. That represents, uh, we have some students that come from Woods Charter School who live in Chatham County. And I believe these are some Hillsborough or Jordan High School guys as well, because I'm partnered with a team of folks that do this ministry full-time in Durham and Chapel Hill and in Hillsborough. Uh, and praise God, we had uh, two of the guys from our area accepted Christ while at Young Life Camp, which was just, we're fired up about that. And what's really exciting is Joe, who I don't know if we'll, I'll be able to point him out to you. There's a gentleman wearing a backwards baseball cap. That's not Joe. To the right of him is Joe. Joe's a, a UNC student, and he's a leader with me at Northwood High School. Uh, Joe co- got to come home with those guys. That's one of the great things about being a Young Life leader is we, we're living life next to these kids. We go, we invite them to camp, we go with them to camp, and then we come back home with them. And so I know Joe was, he called me while at camp. I'm pretty sure that's a no-no. You're supposed to like not be on your phones and all that stuff. But he called me. He's like, hey, these guys are tracking. They want a relationship with Christ. And I just had to tell you. And so he's fired up uh, to to come home with them and continue that their journey with Christ. Um, Just a little bit of a little bit more about me. I have to to talk about my family. So as you can see, uh, my beautiful wife is up there next to me. Liberty, my daughter, is on the left. Our youngest son, David, in the middle. And then that's Andrew. These are my favorite people in the world. The reason why I point them out to you is because I'm going to be using uh, some stuff from them in, in my sermon this morning. But uh, um, I have got to grow immensely in my faith being a father and being a husband. And, um, and so I just have to point those, those people out to you. And uh, so I'm going to start with Liberty now. Actually, first, before I, because I'm a teacher, you got to, I, I don't want to, there's no secrets here. I don't want to hide anything from you. So I got four points today. I want you to talk to your father. I want you to have a team. I want you to carry your corner. And I want you to hold on to the real thing. Uh, I, my hope is that you just take one of those things away. You don't need to walk away with all four. Uh, so you can kind of, as, as I teach and you are picking stuff up, you can kind of walk away with the thing that makes the most sense to you. So before I even jump into scripture, I just need to share this. This is, um, you should never start a sermon with, with a note your daughter wrote you, because like, I'm a crier, right? So I'm just going to put that out there. You might see a tear this morning. Um, 
but you need, to, you need to talk to your father. This is what Liberty wrote me just the other day. Not a special day, just I get, I get little notes from her. It says this. It says, Dear Dad, roses are red, violets are blue. You love me so much, and I love you too. Anyway, I love you so much, I probably love you to the ends of all the earths. I love, love, love. Love, 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 love you. Really big heart from your favorite daughter. Um, So I'm not a perfect dad. I'm very aware of that. And my kids are also aware of that. My wife's aware of that. But man, like you can imagine the feelings that that makes me feel, right? And we have a heavenly father who is our perfect father. And so I just want to encourage you right off the bat that whether you've been following Christ your whole life, you've kind of just started this journey with Christ, or you're still thinking about it, I want to encourage you to talk to your father because he is crazy about you and about me. And we, I mean, we just got done singing that, right? Like that, that, what we just sang in that last song, God loves us so much. He sent his only son to die in our place. Why? So that we could have that relationship with him again. It's amazing. So talk to your father. All right, so let's jump into the scripture here. We're going to be reading from Mark chapter two today. And uh, this is one of my favorite stories that One of the first stories I ever got to learn about when I was growing up uh, in young life when I was a high school student. Uh, So this is Mark chapter 2, and uh, follow along with me as I read. It says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Uh, Right after my senior year of high school, I signed up to volunteer for a month at a Young Life camp, and I was on the outdoor crew, which just means I weed whacked 24-7. It was crazy. But, so we did a lot of landscaping work, and it was a ton of fun. Uh, and so like I said, you're at a Young Life camp for a week, 
And uh, we were having a great time serving and, and getting to meet all these other kids that wanted to serve from all over the country. And the third week came around, and I, we found out that we were having a group of students from Capernaum Young Life, uh, which is a ministry Young Life created to students with special needs. And if you didn't catch it, our story is from the town of Capernaum, and where this paralyzed man was brought before Jesus. So anyway, I, I found this out, and I was like, man, I, I'm really curious to see how these kids and their leaders are going to do camp. Uh, I mean, because I, I just had to see, like, I heard really good things about this ministry. And so they, like, they got off the bus and, like, and I was just like, I was helping any way that I could. I, I wanted to make sure that I played my part in, in helping them have the best week of their life at camp. And so I think my, my work crew boss understood that. He kind of saw that in me. And he goes, hey, Nick, uh, one of the guys from Capernaum, his Young Life leader approached us and he said, hey, Kevin is going to do the obstacle course tonight. And they, they want you and this other guy to help Ben, his Young Life leader, carry him through the obstacle course. And I was like, let's go, baby. Like, I was fired up because I, I was like in. Like, I wanted to be a part of what these guys were experiencing. And so just to, like at every Young Life camp the first night, like, sorry if you're a high school student and you're like, you might go to Young Life camp in the future. Uh, this is a spoiler. The first night we do this crazy obstacle course. There's tons of stuff. Water balloons are getting launched at you. You got to protect your leader, but you kind of want your leader to get a water balloon in the face because you're, so you're kind of like, here's one, whoop, and then like, right? So it's, it is a ton of fun. Well, we took Kevin through all this, and this is us in the lake at Lake Champion at the end of the obstacle course. And so you can, the dude with mud all over his face, that's me. And, um, the other guy to the right, that's Ben. That's Kevin's Young Life leader. Kevin's there in the middle. Kevin is in a wheelchair. He had very little control of his body. He could talk, right? And so most people would say, you know, Kevin is going to have like a somewhat of a limited life based on his situation and his circumstances. But I want you to look at Kevin's face. That doesn't look like someone who had a limited experience in the obstacle course that night at Young Life Camp. And honestly, that smile on that face, because I was checking in throughout the week, I wanted to see how, how Kevin was doing, the smile was always there. And uh, I'll never forget Ben. One, that's my brother's name. And two, uh, Ben, Kevin's Young Life leader, he never, he never took a turn away from carrying him through the obstacle course. Me and the other guy, we would help. We would switch back and forth, carrying on the other side. Ben never stopped carrying Kevin. And um, this is a couple things that I think are worth pointing out in regards to that is a life in Christ, when we surrender to him and we allow him to carry us, we will experience significantly more joy and more life than we ever could apart from him, right? And, and I, to this day, this is still something that moves me and reminds me 
about what I'm supposed to be in Christ and who I'm supposed to be for my family and for my friends and my community. Is I'm supposed to be like Ben. Um, I want to look through this part of the scripture again. It says, some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they went home discouraged. No, that's not what it says, right? It says, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then they lowered the mat the man was laying on. I just wonder that if you, the second point is have a team. I wonder if you have a team like this, this guy had. If you have four buddies like this guy had. I mean, can you imagine? We don't know how far these four friends carried their paralyzed friend to get to Jesus, right? But they get to Jesus, and there's, there's so many people that they're spilling out of the front of the house, out the front door. There's, and it's just like, and their question was, okay, how do we get them to Jesus, right? And I, I, can you imagine, right? Like, like right now, if someone just started like, digging a hole through the ceiling while someone's teaching, right? And like, I know I'm probably not as revered as Jesus, um, but like, that was, that was a big move by these four guys. And I just wonder, do you have a team like these four guys? And I just, I want to take a second here. I want to encourage you to lean in to what this church community has to offer, because it has been an extreme blessing to me, um, and I want to I talk just real quick about my team of folks that I've met since I've joined this church. The first is the Long family, specifically Tristan Long, who uh, we share a babysitter. And so on Fridays, typically during the school year, we all, both families will grab some town hall burger and beer. I'm not getting paid by them, by the way, to say that. They just have some good food. Um, we grab food and we hang out at our house, enjoy dinner together, and... Um, and man, I love my friendship with Tristan. And then, uh, so the, the most important people that you meet as a young family coming to a church is who takes care of your kids in childcare. And I met Tracy and John, uh, who they just live right up the road there. And so Tracy, who is taking care of our kids, she goes, you really need to meet my son, Josh. I think you guys would really hit it off. And so I met Josh. I helped him build his house during COVID. Uh, which was amazing. And I really hit it off with Josh. And then uh, just during COVID as well, we were going to the Pittsburgh campus and I met the Malik family and I met Matthew. And so those, those three guys are, are the three closest guys. Like they're, they're the guys that help carry me. Because when we get together, we have fun and we enjoy our family time together. But what I love about them is that we talk about real things. We talk about following Christ and we talk about being a husband and being a father and being the man that we're called to be in our community. We get in the nitty gritty and there have been times where they have helped carry me and there have been times where I've got to help carry them. And I just wonder if you've got a team like that because you and I were not made to do this alone. We're not. We're made to do this in community. So I encourage you to make sure if you don't have that team, get a team. And if you do, 
make sure you keep leaning in. The next piece of scripture I want to look at, nice and short, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. I think this, this points out a couple things that's, that are really cool. I remember learning at, at a Young Life Bible study, our Young Life leader pointing out to me, when Jesus saw their faith, doesn't necessarily say that the man, the paralyzed man had faith in Jesus, but G, like the story points out that Jesus saw the faith that the friends had bringing the paralyzed man to him. Jesus saw their faith and then he moved. And so this is, this is the point number three, carry your corner of the mat. Jesus is inviting us to be a part of what he's doing. He longs for us to be a part of this mission, right? So that we can be a blessing to other people and that in the midst of blessing others, it is such a blessing to be a part of that as well. And just one small story with that, when my wife and I were leading at Jordan High School, we took um, Mac and JP Pigeon to Young Life Camp one year, and Amanda was JP's leader, and I was Mac's Young Life leader. And at the end of the week, we have this thing at camp called the Say-So. And we give high school kids the opportunity that if they accepted Christ that week, they get to say so. They stand up and they're like, hey, I'm Nick Tracy from Pittsburgh, North Carolina, and this week I accepted Christ. So Mac stands up and JP stands up, brother and sister, and they had no idea that they both had accepted Christ that week. So they, you know, they say their spiel, which was really cool, but the thing I'll never forget is that Mac and JP made a beeline for each other and just had this amazing embrace, right? Because they both knew that their lives were never going to be the same and they had a partner in crime in following Jesus for the rest of their lives, right? And like that, uh, that's why I'm still doing what I'm doing. That's why even though I have three knuckleheads of my own at home that I'm trying to also point to Jesus, I, I can't help but go out and share with these other high school friends of mine. And so I want to encourage you to carry the corner because you will get to experience a joy and a life that is second to none if you don't, if you don't particip participate in that. Now, I'm not, if you want to be a Young Life leader after the sermon today, you can come find me, okay? You can come on. But I, it doesn't need to be some ministry. God has you in places and, and has people in your life, in your family, your friends, where you work, where you go to school, for you to love and lead and care for. So it doesn't need to, doesn't need to, you don't need to have a title to do any of those things. All right, the last thing I want to share with you is one of my favorite stories that's kind of been passed down through Young Life. And uh, this is the last point, which is hold on to the real thing. Uh, so this is the story of Jenny and the Pearls. So one day, this little girl named Jenny is out at the grocery store with her mom, and she's, you know, she's a little kiddo, four or five years old, and they get to the checkout line, and Jenny sees this fake pearl necklace, and she's like, mommy, 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 can I please have this pearl necklace? I want it so bad. 
Jenny's mommy looks at the necklace, and she goes, well, that's two whole dollars. You know, your birthday's coming up, and your grandma always sends a dollar in your birthday card, and you could do a couple chores around the house and make that extra dollar, and we'll come back to the store and get that pearl necklace. So Jenny's like, oh, yeah, hey, let's go. I got this, right? She goes home. She's doing all her chores. The birthday comes. Grandma has provided the dollar. Let's go, right? She is fired up. They go back to the store. She gets the necklace, and she wears it all the time. She loves this pearl necklace. Now, the only time she didn't wear the pearl necklace because it was fake is like, you know, when you take a bath, because sometimes that fake jewelry can leave like a weird green residue. on you, don't, you just don't want that, right? So, but Jenny's in love with this thing. And so a couple days after Jenny's birthday, Jenny's dad comes up to her room to tuck her in at bed at night. And he says, hey, Jenny, you know daddy loves you very much. And Jenny's like, yeah, daddy, I know you love me. And he says, I love you so much. Can I have your pearl necklace? No, daddy, you can't have my pearl necklace. Like, I love this necklace. Okay, okay. I love you. Kisses her goodnight and walks out the door. Well, night after night after night, Jenny's dad walks in, tells her how much he loves her, and asks for the pearl necklace. And night after night after night, Jenny's like, no, daddy, you can't have my pearl necklace, anything but my pearl necklace. One night in particular, she's like, daddy, you can have my new baby doll that I got for my birthday. Like, you can have that instead of my pearl necklace, but you can't have my pearl necklace. And so finally, one night, Jenny's dad goes in, and before he can even say, I love you, and before he can even ask, he realized Jenny's sitting on the end of her bed, her lips quivering, and tears are just rolling down her cheeks. And he's like, Jenny, what's wrong? Like, why are you so sad? Jenny says, Daddy, I know that you love me. I know you love me so much. I want you to have my pearl necklace. And so she reaches out and hands him the pearl necklace. And in one hand, Jenny's dad grabs the pearl necklace. And in the other hand, he reaches into his back pocket and he pulls out a velvet box. And he opens up the velvet box, and inside is a real pearl necklace. And he said, Jenny, I was just waiting for you to give me that fake imitation so that I could give you the real thing. The real thing is Jesus Christ. There's a lot of really cool stuff in the world, but the only thing that's worth holding on to is Jesus. The only friends that are worth having are friends that are pointing you towards Jesus and helping you become the person that you were made to be in Jesus. And so uh, with that, I have some, some questions. Each question is representing of the points for you to take away. Number one, how's your conversation with God going? Doesn't matter where you are on your faith journey, your father longs to hear from you. Number two, who's on your team? And do they really know how you're doing? Do you really know how the other folks are doing? Are there opportunities to lean in more, to encourage more, to maybe help carry a little bit more? Number three, where can you join others in carrying people to the foot of Jesus? This church is crushing, point number three. If you are looking for a way to serve other people, just ask around. Because that's, that's a big reason why we love coming to Chatham Community Church. And number four, what can you let go of so you can take hold of the real thing? Uh, this picture 
right here. This is David, my youngest son. And I, my dad took this picture just a couple days ago. And uh, man, I just, I think it represents a life in Christ. If you're looking for freedom and adventure, and if you're looking for a father who is longing to receive you into his arms, that's it. I, I, that's, that's what a life in Christ is like. And so I hope that one of these questions, I hope one of these points sticks with you today. Um, and I hope that maybe you can go back to your team and talk about something that stood out for you today. And I appreciate the privilege that it's been to speak with you guys today. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, please bow your head and pray with me. Father, thank you that you long to have our hearts and that you care more about us than we could ever imagine. I'm thankful for how you've blessed this community with this church and how you've blessed me and the ministry of Young Life because of this church. Lord, we ask that you would move and encourage us to know you better today. We love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.